We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Here with us, George Whitfield here. Field of 12 After Dark with my man Michael Felder, Matt Hayes. We're going to roll with you here for the next hour. A lot of big knockouts, a lot of big escapes. It's all setting up for the crescendo of this whole season series we call College Football Fellows. How you guys doing? What a day. What a day, man. And it's coming down to the wire right now in L.A. Yeah, coming down to the wire in L.A., as you mentioned, Hayes. And um, here's where I like – if you can't do it in 60 minutes, I guess you're going to have to take some extra time and we'll see what happens because they got about two minutes to go as we start the show. That's right. For those of you joining us, welcome. Whether it's a, you know, fellas night in or ladies night out, uh, senior citizen homes. We're glad you're rolling with us. Uh, Field of 12 after dark. Uh, we're rolling right now live on the heels of this basically LA city championship here, USC, UCLA, all kind of ramifications off of this game, but we're rolling. They're just trading blows. It's like a track meet. Uh, we will stay with you, but first we're going to go to probably the biggest thud of the day took place in Columbia, South Carolina, Tennessee took on South Carolina today, fellows. This was the biggest, uh, probably the most, uh, talked about mysterious team that's sitting there lurking on the edges we've already kind of pre-approved them as the bridesmaid if georgia wins the sec automatically tennessee goes in 
They might even jump over another conference champ or two. All that halted today. What did you see or take away from that game that we all kind of knew? We knew it was an impossibility for them to A, lose, and B, get taken apart like that. Matt Hayes, what like, how did we miss on this, or is this just college football? It's, I mean, George, they literally had two gimme putts. Two gimme putts, South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And they're in. Right. And they're in. They're the, they're the four, most likely. Um, high percentage of them being in the playoff. And they blew it. Not only they blew it, it was disgusting. I think South Carolina scored in their first six series. South Carolina, which, by touchdowns, the way, week not earlier, just scoring. Touchdowns. They scored touchdowns. touchdowns. Felt it. Not yeah. just touchdowns. Spencer Rattler touchdown passes, which is another wild been, thing about this. Um, they They scored six points last week against a Florida defense that might be the worst defense in that team's history. Six points on a fake punt. On a fake punt. They lost like 38-6. They scored 63 today. Spencer Rattler, who had eight touchdowns and nine interceptions coming into the game, was 30 of 37 for 400 and something with six tuds and no picks and was making every single throw in the game. Against a team, Felder, to Matt's point, against a team that really a lot of its fans are making college playoff reservations, yes. flights. I mean, they got the, the the trip packages going, and why wouldn't you? Like Matt said, South Carolina and who? Vandy. To end the season with? Oh, they had that South Carolina and Vandy. You oh, you got to handle that, and you don't have to go into the play. I mean, you don't have to go into the SEC right semifinal. Michael Felder, your your biggest takeaway in watching uh, that game down there uh, in, in that SEC East side? Uh, I think Beamer did um, to Tennessee what Tennessee's been doing to a lot of people, I except he did it in reverse. We've seen Tennessee use a lot of speed and space. He used space to get inside. And you look at a lot of their big plays, those big plays came on those digs, those over routes. And then they ran those shallow cross, and that's where all their plays came from. That's where their big plays came from because Tennessee was so worried about the outside that they couldn't protect the inside. So for me, it was just – it was an exercise in in, in um, not complementary football, in counter football where they, they, they countered where the other team uh, was expecting them to attack. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing for me is seeing a team do something like that because – I, I, and George, you know this. You know I'm. You know I study. I look. I'm. I'm. I'm looking. And when you see a team, South Carolina, they were ready for this football game. Not just prepared; they were over prepared, and they knew, hey, if we line up in this formation, if we do these things, they can't touch us. And that was one of the best mm-hmm. parts of the football game for me was Spencer Rat- Spencer Rattler being the the thrower that we saw and. Oh, I I meant to ask. I I, I text this to Trevor too, because I know you were at when DK went to carry and Joiner was at the Elite Eleven. Mm-hmm. You worked with him, right? Yep. Tell me about him, man, because I thought he had he had a good game. This guy, this is a guy has been. He was a quarterback, then a wide receiver, then moved back, and then back and forth, and back and forth, and then he showed up for these guys. Yeah, he showed up big. Um... 
it's it's hard to really describe like when you think a kid should just solely play quarterback but you like you don't want to go up and be like I think you should just go play this position I always thought he should just play that position just because of how unique he is but then you see what college staffs do they turn and they want to get more out of him and we've seen some of those other kind of Mm -hmm. Swiss army knife type kids but to me, he was a quarterback, and I think if you groom him and redshirt him a year, you'll get everything that you saw that he could bring to the table in other positions with the ball in his hand every play. Uh, right. Huge win tonight for South Carolina, 606 total yards of offense. And to Matt Hayes' point, Spencer Rattler, 453 yards. Uh, yeah. it, honestly, arguably, biggest game, easily biggest game of his career. George, he was biggest getting game. Every- he was making every throw, yeah. every throw accurately. It was wild. And he was doing it. He was doing it off schedule. He was doing it. He was doing it with by moving in the pocket, things he hasn't done, you know, his entire career. It was yeah. like it wasn't even the same guy out there. He's possessed, a, a man possessed. You love to see that. And especially from a redemption story, you're leading yeah. your own program last year after waiting in the wings behind a couple Heisman Trophy winners, and you were a higher-ranked prospect than any of them, you're 6-0, and although all barroom brawls and your own student section is calling for your replacement. Yep. And we're undefeated. So, stepped up, you know, he stepped to the side, owned it like a man, tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years old. I'm talented and we're winning and you're calling for somebody else. Found some new space. Granted, he had to go 1,500 miles east to do it. Decides to go into Jurassic Park. We talked about that preseason. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anybody was going to be under more pressure. Now, the pressure got reduced on South Carolina when these other programs popped up around him in the SEC East. But what a redemptive night tonight. South Carolina knocking out Tennessee <laughs> and it isn't even close. The final, 63-38. This felt personal, probably was personal. Uh, They were still bombing late in the game. But uh, there goes the Vols. Field of 12 after dark, Matt Hayes, Michael Felder, George Whitfield. Uh, We're going to take you through an unreal weekend tonight in college football. And it's going to start with the tradition of ours we like to call Toast of the night, favorite thing, team, player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have something to sit, grab it. We're going to start with you, Matt Hayes. Favorite thing uh, for this weekend you'd like to honor? I mean, toast of the night, Spencer Rattler. How could it not, yeah. how could it not be Spencer Rattler? Seriously, he's taken so much grief this year. Um, and the thing is, too, guys, he he started this offseason by talking big. You know, he took a couple shots at Lincoln Riley, took a couple shots at the Oklahoma fans in their program, uh, talked about a huge, huge season at South Carolina, and he finally felt like, you know, he had coaches that respected him and had his back, and he comes out in the first 10 games of the season and literally does nothing. I mean, looks looks like a very average quarterback. And this game, and this game only, and really this only this game all year, he looked like the number one overall pick that he was supposed to be two years ago. Yeah. He looked phenomenal. Yeah. I, I I mean, it was it was at one point, like during the second quarter, I was thinking, wait a second, where has this dude been all year? I mean, he it, it was to me watching him throw like that and watching him throw accurately, whether he was in the pocket, whether he was off schedule, was just amazing. 
amazing to see something like that after what he's produced the first 10 games of the year. So, I mean, hats off to him, man. What a great game. Spencer Rattler, sir. I know it's going to be a nice night on campus this evening. <laughs> yeah. Michael Felder. Yes, sir. Your toast of the night, sir. Oh, man. there, There's a lot for me. But you know what? I'm looking at my notebook right here. And, George, you know I do my notes. I do indeed. <laughs> so, I got Tennessee, South Carolina in there. But, man, you know what? Let me go ahead and give it up for TCU. Hey. Surviving. Mm-hmm. They made it. Mm-hmm. One more to go until they get to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it up to TCU. Keep that story alive. Yeah. Shout out to my boy Marshall mm-hmm. uh Marshall Newhouse. Shout out to Landry Burdine. Uh, Brian Brian Eskridge, the rest of those guys, like you guys are hanging on. And TCU, I think they're in a precarious position because in 2014, they got leapfrogged. And they are completely worried about that happening again. So they know that they have to check every box. Yep. And on, you know, just like how they vote Matt in, uh, in high school, most likely to get jumped. By the way, TCU. They I don't care if Ohio playing. State won the national title that year. They still got a host. TCU still got a host. Yeah. yeah. I don't care that it was Ohio State that jumped or whatever. They, they got host, man. They should yeah. have been in that. So, yeah I, yeah, I mean, I agree with Michael. They, they Right now, if you're TCU, all, you, all you're thinking is if we lose, we're done. Got to well, win. They're still on that crusade tonight. We will cover the Horned Frogs. Uh, my toast is more of a collective one on the base on, the, uh, on behalf. Sorry, a field of 12. For the godfather of college football, Lee Corso. Coach, yes. it was good to see you in, in uh, Bozeman, Montana today, uh, up there in that three-degree weather, bringing it as you have for the last 30-plus years for college game day. So toast to Coach Corso. My individual toast, it's what's coming next week because today got us there. The battle we've all been waiting for. The battle we didn't know we actually needed for college football. 11-0, 11-0. Scarlet and gray. Maize and gold. Or blue and maize. Here they come. Michigan and Ohio State. 11-0 each. Top three teams. Top three teams. Will Clash in Columbus. Both got it done this weekend. Uh... So to it wasn't easy. Arguably the highest rated game that's going to be going on, uh, you know, all season outside the national championship. Both teams held up to the pressure. Both understand now what's coming. They got six days to put it together to the game. The game. Here we go. The big ending just happened here in, in uh, Southern California. The Los yep. Angeles City Championship, USC. Stays alive. Last UCLA, 48-45. Phenomenal, phenomenal showcase. All kinds of talent on the field from um, all kinds of guys. Caleb Williams, obviously being the rock star, 470 yards passing, 
648 total yards by USC. Just a phenomenal back and forth. UCLA held serve all night. Really, it was going to be whoever had the ball last. This game winds up having so much more uh, ramifications given what happened at South Carolina. Michael Felder. Yes, sir. The current rankings have Tennessee first one out, LSU, USC. You then, Matt. Do we really see now SC? Obviously, T- Tennessee's out. Could they jump LSU? Could they jump LSU to be the first one out now? Do they have a case? You asking me? You asking Matt? You? You? Um, I mean, yeah, they got a case, especially if they win their conference championship. Because let's not forget that LSU has to. They're still going to have to play Georgia. No, I'm talking about just coming Tuesday. On Tuesday in the rankings, I yeah. I'm here's the thing about Tuesday. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not like that doesn't that that I don't my jollies don't get off on Tuesday. And the reality for me is I, I yes, they have an opportunity to jump LSU. But the reality for me is I the only thing that I'm worried about is because hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. You know what I'm thinking about right now? I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, okay? I got turkeys to cook. I got stuffing to make. I got macaroni and cheese, collard greens. I got all that stuff to do. So I ain't worried about right now. What I am worried about is that week after and what it looks like when they get to the SEC championship game, when they get to the Big 12 championship game, when they get to the Pac-12 championship game, so I don't – I'm not – they can jump or don't jump because at the end of the day, Georgia will beat LSU so we can drop them. I don't if you, know if that's the – I don't know if we can just out flat out say that because we flat out said know. Tennessee would be South Carolina. We flat out said Alabama would be in here somehow, some way. I agree. I think, yeah, I don't I think agree anything – Flat out, and and Matt, I ask you this: going on, these, these teams will be losers. So we're going to have some losers in front of them. And if UFC keeps winning, they're going to move up. That's the point I make. Oh, yeah, I got you. I, I think to Mike to Michael's point, George is. I think UFC now controls its destiny. I think if they win out, they're in. So I I don't think yeah. it matters this week. I don't think it matters for LSU either. I think if they win out, they're in. Um, I don't think they're going to. But, but I just think that that's where they're at right now. I think you could probably look at this right now. Georgia controls its destiny. Ohio State and Michigan do. USC does. And LSU does. And other than that, and, T- and TCU. Other than that, I think that's it. I think those are the teams. But that's that five best. lanes for four parking spots. Right. But but four of those guys got have playing are playing each other. Ohio State and Michigan. Bingo. LSU. Even if. Big Ten. So, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Big Ten winner. TCU stays undefeated. LSU wins out. USC wins out. That's still five lanes. Big Ten's a lane by itself. That that it's that's all I'm saying. So when I'm asking about these rankings, wait, wait. So rankings, you're saying like no matter what happens, they're both in? No, I'm saying rankings. We may not like them, and there is some shifting going on, but they still do matter. They still do matter. Positioning. When did you ascend into the top four? Have you held your spot for a bit in the top four? 
your wins, what's the weight of your conference, the weight of your wins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's, yeah, it still does that. matter. I know people, we get fatigued by the rankings because they're like, oh, it doesn't matter if you win, you're in. Kind of. But if you went on field goals, like they won by a field goal tonight, USC. And if they keep winning out by field goals. And so did Michigan. It, correct. But if Michigan goes and has a big knockout blow against Ohio State or TCU turns it up or LSU does something wild in the SEC championship, then they start to go back and evaluate your performance. It isn't all about the cold wins and losses. They'll start doing the biopsy, and then that's where this stuff starts to get really interesting. And see, the and rankings. That's, that's ahead, interesting. I don't, I don't think they do the biopsy. I don't think they do the investigation. I don't think they do that. I think they do a surface-level look at things, which are wind differentials, point differentials. Um, I think that's what it is. I don't think that they go back and look at the act. I don't I, – I guess – let me ask you this. And, Matt, you probably know this better than any of us. Do you think they go back and re-watch all their games? So I can tell you this. I, I, I was in the first mock they ever did. Yeah. Um, they have the media come in. They did a mock. In the year we mocked, that first one was 2008. Think about that year. Yeah. With Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, all with one loss. And the South, where the BCS not only had to decide yep. who won the South to get them to the division, but it also decided the two teams. So, right. And it chose Oklahoma. And I'm telling you right now, there was – so we had 12 people in that room. Mm-hmm. Some smart people. They Everybody knew football. Everybody knew what was going on. And I'm telling you guys, you would have been shocked. You would have been shocked that people in that room were saying it doesn't matter that Texas won by 10. Oklahoma looked better in the last five games of the season. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, they have the same record. They right. play in the same conference. They play the same teams. Same teams. They beat them by 10 in a game that really wasn't that close. And there were people who were just adamant that Oklahoma was the Had better to go. And you know what the vote ended up being? Oklahoma. Right. So, so it's to Michael's point, and I agree with him. It's a it is a beauty pageant, man. If you score a lot so, of points and you look good doing it, they're gonna love you. They don't so go let that me ask you both I don't this. think they go that deep. I really don't. Let me ask you both this before we jump off of, of, of this show. I mean, of this game. The Trojans, it's a mm-hmm. brand college football has been waiting to come back to the table. They got a rock star coach, they got a megawatt leader on their team who happens to be the quarterback and they are winning. And we keep saying it here. They're a year ahead of schedule. They just took the name tags off in the building a month ago. Uh And here they are. Matt Hayes quickly. Can USC force their way in this year into the playoff? Is it likely in your opinion? I know they can. Is it likely? I think if they went out they're in, and I don't think it matters what anyone else does. Even if LSU beats Georgia, I think they're still in because if LSU beats Georgia, so then you have two SEC teams in. Then you get the Big Ten winner, and 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 well, then that means TCU wait. So they may not. They may not actually because if T- TCU wins out, so USC may not control their own destiny. Actually, so if um, TCU wins out, that's going to be the argument. They're in. Yeah, yeah. You, you you're not going to put. I mean, look, I don't I don't agree with this logic, but I'm telling you, that's what they're going to think. You're not going to put a one loss USC in over an unbeaten TCU. They're not going to do that. They just will not do that. I I thought you just said they do. The I know. And I after after I reassessed George. After I reassessed, I forgot about TCU. I, I don't think you see, USC controls its destiny because okay. So let me LSU, ask you something funky could happen with LSU. So you never know. So let me ask you, and then let me ask Felder. TCU wins out. 
USC wins out. Trojans carry a one loss. Who is more dance worthy, Trojans or Horn Frogs? In your opinion, not what the committee would say. Who would you put in? Uh, I, I mean TCU is beating five ranked teams, man. And I know people say, well, they weren't. They're not ranked now, but they were ranked at the time they played, which means they were playing well, and it was a big game. It was so a big going. moment. So, so for me, going. I mean, I got to go with the team that, that has beaten the most ranked teams. Felder. I go I go with TCU, but for a different reason. I think TCU can do a lot of the same stuff that USC can do. I don't think Max Duggan is as good as Caleb Williams. But I do think that he has a compliment with Savion Williams and Tay Barber and then obviously Quentin Johnston. I do think he has a complement of players that allow him to create. And by the way, we don't talk about Kendra Miller nearly enough. Right. A guy who is – he scored a touchdown in every game this season. A really good player, right, right. This guy's had, I think, six straight 100-yard games. So mm-hmm. I think that he has – and they don't have Troy Dye. Is it Troy? Trey? Troy? Dye? No. Travis uh, Dye. Travis. 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 USC, yeah, Travis Sorry. Dye. They don't have they don't have die at USC like he's out, so that's a big piece you're missing. So I think TCU is still I think I I go with them for that reason. Not about who they play, not about this. I just think that they are in a position where they're ready to compete with anybody. And if you want to play grimy, they showed us a week ago they could play grimy football. And if you want to play flashy and you want to score. They can do that too. So See, I think I, good. I respect both takes. Obviously, neither one of you are wrong. You're a USC I guy. I understand. No, 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 no. I'm a I'm a I'm Switzerland, but I look at it from a lens like USC has had a couple one possession wins this year. And I just got Yogi for this last week. They only beat Cal by eight. Yeah, they beat Arizona by seven. Both yeah. those two got laid out right away by another average team. <laughs> but then I watched TCU a walk off against Baylor, kick. Uh, they have been in some tumbles. Yeah, they have five rank wins. But when you actually put the names of the teams that they beat that were ranked, you're like, oh, that those are the ranked teams. Like Kansas, the state of Kansas was two of those five teams. Yeah, but that was a big game, bro. They were unbeaten. They, no game doubt, was Matt, no doubt. So, but, no, I, but this goes back to the original to Matt's point. You even when you look at TCU's thing, you're looking at name brands. In terms of you you the, just said the, the names. You just that, said, well, the, it was just Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're looking brand. at these names, not the team. But, but, so if I boiled it down, I look at if if SC and TCU met at a neutral site, I don't know what Vegas would say. Probably our producer Trevor would have the early thing on that. I think but it would biggest, look like. I think, I think it would the look teams like, are probably pretty equal. Yeah, like the difference be, I, I maker. The difference maker is Williams. And I so, think it might look like Utah against Alabama in two thousand eight. Yeah, where Utah got him. But the Trojans have a, a gauntlet too now. They're going to have to see Utah and they're going to have yes. to see Oregon. And if they come through those two teams, well, they got to beat Notre Dame next week. That's a and they got to get through Notre Dame. They have a gauntlet. I think their gauntlet, their back end gauntlet, 
Now that they've pushed up behind TCU, they have jumping ability with that back. We're, we're still we still don't know who has to play in that Pac-12 championship game. Is that correct? Right. It's USC or or, or I mean it's Utah or Oregon. It, they're and they're playing right now. Right. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the Trojans, the Bruins, they settled their differences tonight, forty-eight, forty-five. USC strong performance again, really by both quarterbacks and both teams. Game got a little bit away from DTR, still through for 309 tonight. But Caleb Williams, 470 yards off of 11 yards in attempt. Matt Hayes, 11 yards in attempt. Uh, but it was the tro- it was the Bruins' four turnovers that dogged them tonight, and they were still within a field goal. Uh, given the conversation going back and forth between the Trojans and TCU, fellas, we might as well go ahead and look at that now. Big win down there in Waco today, TCU, and I get it. Now they're carrying the weight of the world. Mm-hmm. They know they're the most vulnerable. They know they're going to be the first one to get jumped or called out. They handled it, 29-28. Yep. These guys go in there. They take care of their business against Baylor on a walk-off kick, the pressure, and they welcomed it. Fellas, biggest takeaway right now, and we already kind of talked about if they run the table – they're either in or have a rock solid case to be in. Do you feel they can handle the next two weeks? Because this kind of pressure, if you haven't been up around it a lot, most teams, it'll buckle them. Your thoughts, Matt Hayes, on what you see from TCU coming down the next month? So I got a couple thoughts. Initially, um, you're you're at Iowa State. I believe they're at Iowa State next week. And then it's probably looking like I believe it's it's Texas in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Is what it looks like right about now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the Iowa State will be a lot tougher than people think. I think the Texas game could be tough. But the thing that really jumps out at me, honestly, George, when I look at it, TCU, TCU won five games last year. Think about this now. USC won four games last year. Wow. LSU won six games last year. All three of those guys were first-year coaches. All three of them hit the portal, got guys yeah. that could pay, make immediate impacts, yeah, got a few immediate impact freshmen, and away they go, man. I mean, you, you, the, the years of like, you know, the days of, hey, let's give the guy two or three years to get his guys in place, and blah blah blah. Forget about that, man. Which forget to me, about that, that does that does two things. It's going to inspire a lot of programs around the country. Why not us? And it's yeah. going to put a whole lot of pressure on some of these programs around the country from administration saying, why aren't we? That pressure is going to ratchet up, I think, all across college football. George, you 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 follow you. USC was terrible last they year. They were terrible. A terrible team. The yep. Now look at them. Yep. Now now they they are a legit playoff team right now. Yep. And a legit destination if you're trying to win. Yeah. Get to the NFL. NIL. Yeah. Everything. NIL. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got one of those big old beaming spotlights like they used to have outside the clubs. Felder, remember, yeah, the I know, used to I know, <laughs> big old spotlight you can see 10 miles away. Like, that's that's it, that's it. Just Michael drive, Felder, just drive towards there, yeah, just drive that way. Yeah, <laughs> we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michael Felder, the Horn Frog, sir. What do you what? What do, do I think they're good? Yeah. No. Let's, what was your biggest takeaway so far in this collective grit that they're showing? Like a oh. win is a win is a win. They're not there, but they're not a knockout artist. A lot of oh. their wins are twelve round split decisions, but they keep getting their hand raised at the end of. They fight you. Um, yeah. they're a team that they like they make it work. And I the, here's the big thing. Let's let's look, let's go through this, right? And by the way, we do need to mention that Kansas State is actually in the sec in the second position. Oh, they are. Okay. Mm. So we've got Kansas State sitting there with TCU, and we'll see what happens. I know Texas beat they they did take a they took a hatchet to Kansas tonight. But Kansas State's still in the catbird or TCU's in the catbird seat. I don't know what's underneath the catbird seat, but that's where Kansas State is sitting. Where, who, then, who does K-State have next week? Do you know? Kansas State next week, they have, and I got it right here, Kansas State Texas, plays Kansas. Kansas, wow. And that's the Sunflower game, yeah. Right, right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that takes shape. But the big thing for me, my biggest takeaway was Max Duggan. He stood up, man. Yeah. He, um, yeah. This is a guy that their run game wasn't really working. I know I like we talked about Kendra Miller a little bit earlier, but the reality is Duggan led them in rushing, even with sacks, he led them in rushing. So yeah, they find a way. And I think that that's the biggest thing is they find a way. Um, this is I don't mean to listen, I know you call the SEC Jurassic Park, but right now, if I was gonna call any team um Jurassic Park, I'd call it TCU because Life finds a way, and TCU keeps finding a way to win, and so that's why they're at eleven and zero, and that's why Alabama's got two losses, and because they, they couldn't find a way. Matt, could you go over those three programs again? Their records last year, so, the ones so who are now in. TCU had five wins. Mm-hmm. They were five and seven. Um, USC was four and eight, and USC was a terrible team. Um, LSU was six and I believe six and seven, but the reality is all three of them fired their coaches. Yes, and 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 fired. Well, so think about this now. So TCU fired maybe the greatest coach in school history. USC fired a guy who 
granted, was not among the greatest coaches in school history, but had won their last Pac-12 title. And then LSU won a guy who won a national champ, fired a guy who won a national championship game two years earlier. And you these guys, Brian Kelly walked into that football office in December and they had 39 scholarship players, 39. And now he wins the West, which is considered, again, we're talking about Jurassic Park, George. The most considered the, the greatest division in college football. In college football. They go in there and win that division and beat Alabama. Um, so what he did, he did it with not only that, George, they have two freshman tackles right now. Mm-hmm. Will Campbell and Emory Jones. Will Campbell is a beast. Emory Jones is good too. They've got the best freshman in college football, um, and Harold Perkins, who's just a an, yeah, an a monster, yeah, monster, yeah, and, and the tight end Taylor, who's a freshman, and, and, and right, and Jason Taylor's kid at, at tight end is really good. They got a quarterback who, when he left Arizona State, his teammates on that team were cheering on social media that he left. Yeah, nobody sure. wanted the kid. How about that? He goes oh, and now look what he's doing at LSU. And and I think you look at things like here's another here's another great anecdote. Uh Max Duggan lost the quarterbacks, the starting job in fall camp. Bingo. Preseason. Yep. Yeah, to Chandler Morris. And Chandler only injury put game. him back in. Yeah, gets hurt. Chandler Morris gets hurt. Gets hurt. I think the late in the second quarter. Duggan goes in and boom, away they go. And it's just, it's I mean, they're great stories, man. They are great stories. It's fun as hell to watch this stuff. I mean, Lane Kiffin did the same thing at LSU. It took him a year, but the, the Kobe year was his first year there. But they won 10 games yeah. in year two. Uh, they lost to Arkansas today. Mean, same thing at Ole 10 Miss. Games again. They got their behind whip today. Yeah. yeah, but they could still win 10 games again. Yep. So my point is, you, you it doesn't matter anymore about, you know, you got to give the guy two years and three years. You can win right now. If you're if you're the, the right coach in the right situation and you got NIL money, you can win right now. Well, let's talk about right now. Two teams that don't need a rebuild, a remodel, or reconstruction, but they are on the same track, headed right at each other. Michigan and Ohio State, we finally get the game. It comes up next week. Fox, I believe, noon game, which I never understood why they don't play that game in prime time. Why would you not play this game in prime time? But Have you ever been up there? Oh, yeah. like I've seen six of them. I think they both agree that they'll never play it in prime time. That they want to play it. That's the that's the point that I'm making. Is like I said, have you ever been up there? As like I lived in Chicago. You don't want to do anything at night there. The temperature, the the temp drop is crazy, and then getting home for everyone is impossible. That's a good point. That's a driving it, driving, driving home at night after there's, you know, three feet of snow somewhere or going, trying to get back through. It's crazy. Yeah. They, they are, they make a conscious decision to play this game where the, they, this game is played for the fans, not for television. But growing so, up two hours North of Ohio state, I've never heard weather being a part of that. I just know they hold traditions. And then sometimes they let a tradition go and then they, they adjust it. And it's not so much about anything else, but anything in American sports society that we deem big time is put in prime time. So all of America presumably can sit down, relax and watch the. Can you imagine the Super Bowl being played? What about the Red River shootout? 
I don't think that's a national thing at all. I think that I don't think anybody in New York watches that. I don't think anybody in California. I don't think you think just, people in California, and New York watch the Ohio State in Michigan. A hundred percent. The ratings say as much. The ratings okay. say as much. They will well, catch I mean, an average NFL game next week. I mean, to, the numbers. Be fair, the, the, that's because the they're in the top four. But it's every year. It's an every year thing. Auburn and Auburn and Alabama. It's regional. Ohio State, Michigan are it's your biggest national. I, I like this. Region. I love that you're I listen, you're setting down lines, and I love that. And Trevor's gonna clip this out, and it's gonna be a thing where you say that Auburn and Alabama is regional. Regional and, and that the Red River Ohio, shootout is regional. Regional. USC Notre Dame. It, it's national because Notre Dame, like obviously they're not even in the same region. So mm-hmm. but some schools have a global brand. And that's no slight to them. Most USC of college football is regional. Most of college football is regional. But I think most of college football is I think college football is a regional sport that's trying to those push two, itself national. The game is a national. That's but the numbers say so. That's just not okay. me cheering for the game. The the numbers will bear as much. But let's walk through of, this. What did you think about like what if what if what about when Miami and Florida State were really good? Had national championship implications, but yes. I don't know if if it if it's ringing a whole bunch of stuff west of the Rockies. Okay, but, so right. USC and UCLA is, but Florida State and Miami isn't. USC UCLA, me? you said it is. I don't you know. You said if, USC and UCLA is, and I'm saying no. You're I saying said no. Michigan Ohio State are. And you but he has USC, USC Notre Dame. USC Notre Dame. Sure, USC, I'll give you Notre that. Dame. Yeah, hundred percent. Notre Dame doing anything is national just because of who they are and their national NBC and all that. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you can use time as uh, Texas and Oklahoma play at noon because they got a bunch of drunk idiots that they don't want to have running around at at nighttime. Florida and Georgia play at three thirty every year because they they don't want the drunk idiots to hurt people. So I, I don't <laughs> no think point. it means. I don't think it I, means it's not a national game. I think it just means they're trying to be safe. I get Which the is, technical elements. I get the safety stuff. I get the let's get everybody home safe stuff. I'm just simply saying the biggest games, the World Series, the Super Bowl, heavyweight fights, they're all yeah, in I don't prime disagree. time. Yeah. They're they're all in prime time. Today, Michigan had a big scare, weathered the storm. They get past a game, Illinois team, 1917 today. They really got pushed and they got stressed in all kind of ways that they haven't seen. But at the end of the day, end of the fight, their hand goes up. And Ohio State, same thing. I mean, the scoreboard's going to look like they won by two touchdowns. Really, though, that last touchdown came with eight seconds left as Tungavalo is trying to make a throw out of his own two-yard line, gets hit, ball flies up, and defensive end catches it in the end zone. Uh, and they get they tack on a last second touchdown. Both teams got stressed and pressed. Both overcome. Both have now put themselves in position for a championship run. Both now led by heavyweight coaches. The recruiting's comparable, although Ohio State does have the edge. Resources, the history, the legacy, and really Michigan now is on equal footing. In the last 24 months, the Wolverines have built themselves and paced themselves and matured themselves into equal footing. We now have that game. Which game was – which performance was more compelling to you, 
Felder, I'll start with you. Michigan outlasting Illinois without their Heisman Trophy winners the back half. Or Ohio State getting it done on the road with Maryland, who got a game effort. Maryland had 402 total yards of offense. The Bucks had 401. That thing was split down the middle, but Ohio State made the plays when they needed to. I think the it's there's two they they go together. Um, when I look at Ohio State, Maryland's one of the teams, one of the few teams that's going to stress them. They're going to create space. They're going to create one on one matchups and create opportunity. So that's that's why we you mentioned that what is it the over four hundred yards, mm-hmm. um, which hey you got to compliment them. And then on the other side, Illinois is like um. Listen, they're like Michigan light. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like they, they're like, we would love for this game to be 17-14, which is basically what it was. Right. We like this. Um, Blake Corum going down was tough, and we'll see. You know, if he's able to come back, we'll see when he's able to come back, but. I don't know, like just watching Michigan's passing game and the wide receivers just not helping the quarterback and the quarterback not helping the wide receivers. That to me, in a game with a team that can score, that's a problem. Right. I think I learned more about them in this game than I learned more about Ohio State. And I'll tell you what, that Hayden kid coming on strong for Ohio State. A third, what, third Quasi fourth string tailback, Matt yeah. Hayes, yeah. who can plug and go. I heard Joel Clatt, Matt. He said this earlier this week. Ohio State has more gears and a higher ceiling, but Michigan has a higher floor. What Michigan does, they can count on that and 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 pack that up and go places. Part of that package is Blake Corm. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously all prayers go out to to decorum and getting healthy, not just for the game, but just getting healthy in general. But it does, it must shake up things inside that uh, Bo Schembechler building. But given that, say he does come back healthy, you're talking about a team, again, high floor team versus a high ceiling team. Where do you think this goes to one week ago from tonight? We're here next week. We're talking about what, Matt, Matt Hayes? So I, I can tell you this. Um, what I got from these two games is you're, you're looking at two teams that just wanted to get through the game, each each of these games. Yeah. And I think they realized by the third quarter, wait a second, we're in trouble here. We got to do something. Um, yeah. I, I'm like Michael as well. I got, I'm a little concerned now about J.J. McCarthy. I'm a little concerned because I, I've been saying Michigan all year. I think Michigan was going to win the game because they're better on defense. And I think J.J. gives them something different because he can stress defenses uniquely like Cade McNamara could. And Cade McNamara won the game by 21. Um, I, I, I've been saying it all year. And then all of a sudden this game against Illinois, this is a good defense he's playing. And they look just discombobulated. Now, it might be because they're trying to look ahead. It might be because they're trying to get out of the game. Those are bad excuses if that's the case. They didn't. They just didn't look comfortable in, in the passing. So that's that's a – a tell for me also with Ohio state. I mean, they have not played an offense yet. And I don't think their defense is as good as those numbers are. I can tell you that right now. They're like top 10 defense in almost every major category. And they're not that good on defense. They don't tackle that well. 
Um, and they, they, they benefited a lot from just they're playing bad offenses. And they didn't play a good offense today. They're not going to play a good offense next week. They may not play a good offense until they play whoever they play in the first round of the playoffs. So if they can get by Michigan. So I, I have not changed my stance on I don't think Ohio State's defense is good as everyone thinks it is. And now I'm a little concerned about J.J. McCarthy. So it's, it's there's some questions going into the game, especially with Quorum now, too. Yeah, that'll be interesting, Felder. Michigan's offense, Ohio State's defense. Part of Ohio State's defense in in how they get a chance to go out and attack, the offense puts up so many numbers and puts up so much volume that they can really, in most games, play with their ears pinned back. It's right. a lot like how that Colts defense was with Peyton Manning. They got these small, speedy defensive ends who can just keep rushing and rushing and rushing because they know you're not going to really – you can't really run the ball down 21 touchdowns. The offense already put it on you, so we're just going to just hunt. It's not so much that they have to get behind a shield and battle as much. They got a battle coming this weekend. Uh, prediction on this. Let's just go to it. Felder, if I gave you $1,000 of house money in Vegas, you'd put it on who? Ohio State. Matt? Yeah, probably Ohio State. I mean, if Corm was completely healthy, uh, I might tend to Michigan, but probably Ohio State. Here's here's the thing. I I think Ohio State Ohio State's defense is good. I think what they do. I think Maryland, and that's the reason why I was very specific about pointing out the things that Maryland did. Because I was I wanted to be specific. I wanted to be deliberate about those about that. Because I don't think that Michigan can do what Maryland did. I don't think that Michigan has the ability to, to create that to, to create that speed in that space because this is a cover zero defense yeah. that shifts into cover one and will shift into cover three. But they, they're a cover zero defense under Jim Knowles, which is what we so saw at Oklahoma State. So real quick, for those of you at home, cover zero – there are no safeties back there. They're just playing man like basketball. And usually Cross when you board, see yeah. that, it means some kind of blitz is coming. Right. And then when they don't blitz, what they do is they push those linebackers out yep. to Fall take underneath. away your hots. And I think they are that good. And the difference in George, you can speak to this. You're going to give up some big plays. Sure. That's that's the nature of the game. You're going to give up some big plays, and you're probably also going to give up some pass interferences. But you're also going to get some big plays defensively because it winds up being bingo. You got to get the ball off. Yes. So before I get you to gamble manpower and responsibility to see if you can handle your your uh, protection up front. Yeah, we, I bet we get to you before you get to our open spots yeah. back here. And, and my and dudes are better than your dudes. Yeah, yeah, my dudes are better than your dudes. I and think it's going to be that's uh, the that's the question for next. Thanks at coming off of Thanksgiving dinner, I can yeah. tell you what. I think Ohio State's dudes are better than their dudes. I think they're coming for them. This isn't that passive defense that they played for the last. Geez, since Trestle was gone. Yeah. This isn't the, the passive cover three catch defense that they played. Pat trying to pattern match. This yeah. is you're my guy. I'm your guy. Let's go. 
Yeah, it is a different style of ball. It reminds me a lot of how the LSU's played. Yes. LSU has played this brand of defense for years down in the South, and you you kind of know what you're getting, and yeah. it really does still come down to the Jimmys and Joes. Real quick, so Michigan and Ohio State, they both passed their tests, and I agree with you, Matt. There had to have been some fatigue. There had to have been some tightness. We just want to get to the – we're there. Yeah. They're looking around this opponent to get to the one they really want to get to. Yep. Well, now they got him. We'll get a chance to see that game next week. The only team that sits above Michigan and Ohio State handled their business tonight, the White Walkers, University of Georgia for us or <laughs> for you, uh, knocked out who we call Georgia Diet, Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky has modeled itself and they are like a diet version of the Georgia Bulldogs uh, lunch pail effort 16 to six. Uh, personally, I don't think they wanted to show a whole bunch. They didn't want to risk a whole bunch. They didn't want to put a whole bunch of guys out there. Listen, if we just bring a minimal playbook and a couple of core concepts, we can get past these dudes and just get on and get healthy your initial thoughts, Matt, and then Felder about Georgia cleaning up the business today. They got what one more next week, and then they're on into the SEC title game right. against LSU, presumably. Just a little. I mean, if I have any concern about Georgia, is it's just the way they flip it on and flip it off. You know, they just they're trying to walk through the Missouri game. Then Florida comes up and they flip it on, and and boom, there they go. You know, and then they're walking through a game. Then Tennessee shows up, and boom, there they go. And now they're walking through the Kentucky game. And, and does it eventually come up and, and bite them a little bit? I mean, they're going to be ready for LSU, obviously. But at some point, do they can, can they continue to flip it on and flip it off? Um, are they that good defensively? And clearly they are. And, and Stetson Bennett, I mean, for all the grief we give this guy, the dude just wins. Yeah. He, and not only that, in big games, he, he gets it done, man. He's a guy that in big games, I, his accuracy goes way up in big games. He's like over 70% against ranked teams. So, he, I mean, it's fun to watch him play defensively. You know, Michael was talking about Ohio State and how they're, they're cover zero base. Georgia's literally just shell. They're going to play too high, and yeah. they're going to get pressure with four or five. And guess what? you got to beat them. And it just – you can't. It can't. It's just it, – it's a, it's a tough pull. Felder, I'm going to just assume – for watch me. I'm going to assume you gave us some brilliant insight on Georgia and where you think they will be because we got something special for you and the folks uh -oh. back at home. We <laughs> saved a special this, this last ninth inning of the show for college football free agency. And Felder, we're going to start with you. Uh, in the pre-show meeting tonight, we were discussing the concept of quarterbacks who have a portal transfer transfer sorry stepping out into the portal just to understand their market value mm -hmm. given all the quarterback poor teams out there in college football and here's just the six let's just talk about oregon after next year when bo nix is gone nothing against the kids in the building you don't know them and would oregon be compelled to step out there and go find somebody notre dame miami florida Florida, I mean, Texas A&M and Alabama, Bryce Young and uh, some others will step out and they'll go off into the draft. You got to still figure out a way to replace them and mm -hmm. not cutting your teeth a whole long time. Who, Mike Felder, do you see as compelling out there 
And here are some of the quarterbacks that that Matt put up earlier. Cam Rising at Utah has another year. Sam Hartman already allegedly into some conversations with the Gators. Quinn Ewers, and you knew that was coming. He's already yeah. probably, you know, slowly packing okay. stuff up now down there. Riley Leonard at Duke, Garrett Nussmeyer. And I think, honestly, there's a couple kids like a Drake May, happy where he's at, loves life. But if Drake May stepped out into the portal just to see what would happen, you don't think a UCLA, an Oregon, or a Notre Dame, or an A&M wouldn't call with a massive check. So are they leaving for money or leaving for happiness? Both. Both. Money and Both. championships. It, even when they're happy, they could it feels like kids could get happier. Same with coaches. Here's Big another one. Here's another one, Michael. Here's another one, Michael. Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, who stayed last year. At and now Coastal, he's hurt. Because he wanted to go to the NFL because he wanted to stay at Coastal. And now he's hurt, right? Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you right now, Drake May ain't going nowhere. Based on he's North Carolina through and through, baby. Yeah, I agree. He's not going anywhere. He ain't going nowhere. If, but if he stepped in the portal, he heard five million over here and seven million over here, and walked that sheet back into the office and said, Look, if you guys could uh match they'd, this, they'd or... match it. They'd match it. They'd come yeah, close. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, Why would he not step out there and find out? Here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. Drake may Drake's dad played at UNC. Right. Yep. His mom played at UNC. I get the ties to UNC. I'm He's, saying I'm I'm just telling it, you, he, he ain't going this is Dre Black. But this isn't about in, going. It's just I'm you're not I'm just, gonna know I'm your telling value. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. But I'm saying they'll, you're they'll, missing they'll, the point. We're not they'll, they'll, we're not they'll saying bump he's up his value. They'll bump up his there value. There you go. That's, they'll bump up his value. How would you know what your value Drake is gonna, if you don't Drake step May, out there? Drake May will be the number – he's going to be the number one Heisman candidate coming into the 2023 season. Well, you still got Caleb Williams. So he'll be the number two Heisman candidate coming into the 2023 season. Agreed. It's going to be those okay. two. Right. So he ain't going nowhere. Um, let's go down the list, though. Cam Rising. I think Cam Rising's going to the NFL. Sam Hart, Sam Hartman. Hold on a second. Cam Rising. Cam's going to the NFL to be what a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. Why would you do that in this quarterback heavy class? To be a day two pick. Yeah. Why would you do that when you could stay another year? You're going to make a little more money, and then you can walk into the NFL as a first rounder like Mac Jones did. Or I don't think he's going to. I don't. I don't think there. Do you guys think there's what can what can you know what, George? You're the expert. What can he do to make himself a first round pick? Go get on an uh, go get in a stage that asks him to do different More? things that Utah has done. Maybe come into the Big Ten. Maybe come into the SEC. Uh, we've seen it. Joe Burrow came out of Ohio State where he had some and Joe Burrow of- played. Joe Burrow played NFL football. What are you talking about? Play NFL football. Where he wasn't looking to the sidelines for for questions, and he was calling his calling, making the adjustments, calling the plays, doing all that stuff. Yeah, and no Cam, question. But, but if, Cam Rising's already doing all that stuff. He's not going to get better. But well, you how could, much you better could, can he get? If he if Cam Rising went to Florida, 
with that talent, that skill set, Matt Hayes, those receivers, there's all kind of places he could go. And I'm not saying he has to. I'm not saying that he would. But it is interesting when Matt brings up Cam Rising, there are other places to play outside of Utah if you want to go and brandish your NFL chops. There are some other places you can go and lead the charge. But if – I think he's a. I think this is the best he's gonna get, and you know what the best thing that he can do is get get NFL coaching now. But it, so, okay, let's keep going. I I just feel like if you're in college and you could still make money, coming in as a first or second round pick, you get more strikeouts in your career. You're gonna they're gonna they've invested more. They're gonna. I think he's a day two pick. You say it again. I said, I think he's a day two pick. Oh, that's kind of Matt. Hard. Who are some of your bigger ideas, Matt, in, in terms of potential um, transfer? I mean, I mean, Sam Hartman to me is one that I think he's done everything at Wake. He's done everything he could possibly do at Wake. So he he's got one more COVID year. Let's see what he does. He he could still go to the NFL, but I, where is he going to get picked? Fourth round, mid, fifth mid, round, this year, sixth round. Yeah, yeah. And a deep right. and not because he's not a talented round. guy. But because you got so many big heavyweight kids coming in this class, right? Uh, so he's how, going, Hang um, on, how many big heavyweight? We I know we only have three minutes to go. How many big heavyweight kids are coming in this class? Can we Bryce go through Young, them? One, right? Bryce Young, C.J. One, Stroud, two, Hooker, three, uh, uh, Levi at at Kentucky. Yeah, Will well, Levis, I mean, Levis, four. four. Uh, you got. The kid down, uh, Anthony Richardson. He can't come out this year. Yeah, he Why can. can't he come out this He's year? He's a third-year sophomore. Yes, he can. This He's a third-year third year sophomore? Yeah. 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 Sure. Put him on the board. You take him over – you take him before you took Cam Rising? 100%. Oh, yeah. All that potential? Look at that. That's another clip for you, Trev. There you but go. I don't have a problem with that. People took Josh Rosen over Lamar Jackson, and Josh Rosen grew up in an NFL offense at fifth grade. Oh, Lamar I know. Jackson, I understand. I like I love Josh Rose coming out. Well, I'm saying all these guys may not be polished, but teams sure. made the mistake you're saying when they took Rosen over Lamar Jackson. You don't think the Cardinals sure. wouldn't want that back? But that's a that's a but that's a team specific thing. Well, I'm just saying no. That it was widely seen as that. It was widely seen as Darnold and Rosen. These are your two prep golden boys who are completely polished. Right, they're up here. You can get whoever else you want over here, and they went. Just like that. I totally under, I totally agree. I'm Richardson after the season that he's had this year. Still over uh Cam Rising, yes. That's fine. Great. No problem. I I I the big thing for me is I just I'm when I look at this, like I don't I I think that I value the ability to focus on your job, whether it's working with someone like you with someone like you. George, and working with an NFL offensive coordinator, I value that over working with a college offensive coordinator. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's a fair argument. Yeah, that is a fair argument. And that's it. And we have we're we're done. It's the show's over. By the way, UNC loses to Georgia Tech, so we don't have to talk about them anymore either. But uh, Drake Drake May is going to be very interesting as your. You're, you're number two for the Heisman in 2023. Let's go. Take us out, Jordan. It is going to be By the way, DJ Uyunglele is going to leave too. He's going somewhere else. Yeah, he he might be trying to come back to L.A. Either way, 
all this change, but we do know what's certain. The game next week, a whole lot of teams wrapping up, making their charge. Tuesday, we'll get the rankings. Either way, we'll be with you all week long. College football after dark. On behalf of Matt Hayes, uh, Michael Felder, Aunt Rona sitting there in Michigan, and our Hollywood producer, Trevor Valise. I'm George Whitfield. Thank you for rolling with us. See you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.